Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Saturday, December the 2nd. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith with you, and we are joined today by a guest that, uh, look, we've been uh, he's been on the radar to be on the show all, pretty much since the beginning of the season, but, uh, you know, things come up, work is uh, an issue sometimes, but he's here to, and he's uh, ready to make his Ice Guys show a debut uh, here on the show today, former pro hockey player, uh, Zach Urban, and an avid better, trust me, a very avid <laughs> Zach Urban on the show for the very first time joining us on the Ice Guys. Zach, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So briefly, before we get into the the card today and the Saturday games, just briefly, the Zach Urban hockey story, where you played, how many years you played, all that good stuff. Let's hear. Uh, yeah, I played my junior hockey out here in uh, BC, where I live now, uh, in Penticton, my first year, where I played for a pretty good team. Uh, we won a national championship, had 42 games in a row. Few guys, I think, playing in the NHL now: Troy Stetcher, uh, Mike Riley, a lot of guys overseas still playing. So it was a pretty spectacular team. That was how I kicked off my junior career. So pretty awesome. And then moved to Victoria, played a year there, played a year in Langley, and this was all in the BCHL, the Junior Hockey League. And then after that, I went to Northern Michigan University, uh, where I studied business marketing, played hockey there for a couple of years, <clears throat> and then I got injured out there. Kind of had an odd year. Ended up coming home, uh, didn't play hockey for about a year and a half to almost two years. And then my friend, uh, John Seamer, uh, who played in Northern Michigan as well, was playing in the Southern Professional Hockey League down in Macon. And he had been bugging me for over a year to come down there and play and this and that. And I kind of was just pushing it off, pushing it off and just playing pickup Macon hockey. Macon Mayhem, here. right? Did I get the name? Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. And I was just playing pickup hockey here. And uh, I ended up going down to Macon, uh, right? after Christmas of 2020 or 2019 and whatever year it was, I'm not really sure exactly. And uh, ended up playing there for over three years, I think it was, and bounced a little bit around up in the coast, had some call-ups, uh, some opportunities to stay, that kind of thing. So, and then COVID hit and it kind of derailed everything in a way for me, not that it was really life-changing, but just kind of timing and everything where it kind of linked up and when the season was starting there and this and that and I started to build a life here over the time and felt like it was best for me to just kind of hang them up and start a life here and I had a good chance to work in the hockey industry so I thought was pretty enticing so for sure yeah and now you're, you got the your own you're working in some, with a you got a hockey company of sorts going on right now right I work for a, a hockey company called AK Hockey out of Kelowna uh, Aaron Kineshki oh. uh, is the guy uh, uh, he trained me and was one of my power skating coaches when I was young, before I actually moved out to Kelowna here, where I'm from now. Um, <clears throat> I used to come out here in the summer and go to skating camps. And I met him through another family and ended up playing for a spring hockey team in Las Vegas, actually, with a bunch of kids picked from kind of all over Canada, just as a tournament. And uh, that's where I ended up meeting him. And then once I moved to Kelowna, he started training me skating. And he's Van he's uh, been the coach for the Vancouver Canucks skating coach before I worked with the Kelowna Rockets here. Now he's down in uh, Arizona working with the ASU guys and the junior coyotes down there. And 
there's a couple of us up here running the company for them. And we've got a skate mill, which is what we primarily use during the winter seasons uh, for guys that are looking to improve their skating and work on their technique. And you can also shoot off it and all that kind of stuff. So that's kind of what I do during the winter. And then summer camps come around and we're running those every day, Monday to Friday, uh, full days and that kind of thing. So that's where it really picks up. <clears throat> Absolutely. And uh, we wish you all the best with that. I'm always fascinated to see how these players work on their game and improve their game and try. And there's so many different uh, different things and uh, different apparatuses. It, they use. It's crazy it's now, like yeah. compared to like when I was growing up training and playing what you see these kids doing now, like it's, I can't do some of the stuff that they can do. It's mind boggling. And the amount of work and the, the amount of resources they have as well, just being able to go online and watch something. When I was their age, like watching something was like the sports center top 10. Like that's right. when you saw the cool yeah. stuff. And then you tried that. Now they can go on YouTube and see someone do it over and over and over again. And they practice it. And the skill of the game has definitely improved from a young age too. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's funny, I was reading, I used to read, I didn't play, Ian and I, neither one of us played professional or any or any kind of organized hockey, but I used to read Goalies World magazine all the time, and I always thought it was cool, mostly just kind of flipping through, you see the different uh, mask designers and the pads and everything, but you'd always read, you know, get some good articles about goalies and how their positioning and things worked, and so now, it was about maybe a month ago, and I was like, wow, I hadn't seen an issue of Goalies World in a long time, obviously, everything's gone digital with magazines, and I go and look on the website, they have a whole video library of every goaltender going back to like the mid nineties where you can now see all the drills that they worked on that were, that were in previous issues. It's like you said, it's yeah. amazing. Technology has really improved and just think that you, like I said, you, you know, think about 20 years ago, Oh yeah, grab a magazine or you see something on TV and now it's all at your fingertips because of the, of the internet. And like I said, so kids are getting to learn way more now just seeing something without even having coaches there. So for you as a, as a, as a structure, instructor do you have to kind of almost keep up and watch things that are being you know uh you know like I said newer things <laughs> fine keep pace because the kids that are coming in there, are <clears throat> there they've seen stuff that you may have not seen already so yeah for sure like most of our stuff is like primarily skating stuff but we have started to adapt to a lot of the skill stuff because it's just so needed in the game and Aaron's done a really good job at kind of transitioning from that from his earlier days of the company till now it was funny uh few months ago in our group chat he sent a couple of like the old old videos like when he was coaching me of like their promo videos and like one the tire was funny like the track suits were super baggy super long and like now it's all like tight and that kind of thing and just like the drills he was doing and everything were so different than what we're doing now it's just it's pretty funny just to even see it that way how it's changed yeah. in the teaching aspect of it so it sounds cool. It sounds like mm -hmm. I'm sure it sounds like you enjoy it too. You enjoy doing what you're doing with that. Yeah, no, for sure. We got a pretty good group out here and it's a good spot to be doing it. So I can't really complain too much. All right, Zach, your first time on the show. It'll be probably your first time of many because uh, you're going to be probably a recurring guest uh, with us uh, moving forward whenever you can. But because it's your first appearance and what we do with all of our uh, guests that played the game, we, we go to the highlight reel. We got to go to the vault. We got to find something. <laughs> Uh, from their playing days that we can uh -oh. show uh, to all the uh, audience to, to prove that I actually did. No, I'm, of course, we know you did play. We know you're not fibbing or anything like that. But no, just to show what uh, Zach Urban was capable of, you know, in his uh, playing days. So, you know, the uh, old scouring that I was able to do, and I've done this. Uh, I, the best one still to this day is when uh, the playoffs, uh, at the beginning of the playoffs, not 
last year, but the year before that when we had Bobby Ryan on, and we showed him the dingle dangle goal he scored uh, against Nashville as a member yeah. of Anaheim, and he was like he didn't expect that he was we were going to play that. So uh, that was a cool reaction. But here we've got you. We've actually got you dr- dr- dropping the flippers here, dropping the mitts here <laughs> in this clip. When I believe you were with the Macon Mayhem in that uh, in that uh, league a couple of years ago. So here's Zach Urban uh, with some of his. Uh, Fisticuff handiwork, if you will. Here it is. Right wing, he will try a wraparound out of the left wing corner of the making zone. A shot is stopped by Silvis and held on to. As these came out of the left wing corner. Urban's in the white, backs in the white jersey. Shoving match as Urban's lost his helmet. Now he and McPherson are going to go. As McPherson, big right hands over the top. Urban ducking. Some more right hands. Mitchell McPherson, a left thrown by Urban. Now a right uppercut. And around the back it goes as McPherson will lock up and tackle Urban to the ice. There we go. You were throwing them pretty good. As it looked like. Yeah, I usually throw pretty yeah, slow. Got a few good right hands in there to start things off, Josh. Urban threw one or maybe two punches. Well done, my friend. Pretty good. Yeah. Zach, good I can tell you I can tell you have a little fight, fighter technique in you, too, because the, the way you're timing, you're ducking when you when you were getting spun around in the beginning and, and, and popping up and, and then tilting your body back. So, yeah, you, you knew you were doing that. Yeah, I definitely that. had to dodge game. a lot of punches in my stage. So, <laughs> <laughs> I had some practice for sure. Oh, no, you did good there. That was – that was. Uh, I told you, we, we actually track. showed a clip of you where you held your own. You did good. You did good work yeah. there uh, on that. Uh, but uh, how many fights did you think you were in if you had to ballpark figure it? Uh, probably close to, like, 50 from, like, junior to pro. Right. I would say I had a lot my first year of junior when I was 17. I'm not really sure why. Uh, I played on a good team. Like we were just a feisty team too and like good. And guys would kind of pick on some of us. Just like I was always a big guy and looked big on the ice. So people always assumed I was pretty tough. I wasn't really much of like a fighter, but I definitely played hard. I was hard to play against and that kind of thing. But I wasn't someone that was like necessarily looking to square up or that kind of thing. It was just a heat of the moment type fighter, or, like that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was something that definitely was involved in my game, and it would be still if I was playing. So it's funny. I have actually a pretty funny story. <clears throat> the first game I ever played in the SPHL in the Southern Professional Hockey League for Macon, we were in Birmingham, Alabama. We had a guy on our team named Dem- Dennis Sicardi. I think he was like 32 years Georgia old. Georgia versus Alabama. Those two yeah. don't have any rivalries <laughs> right. going. <No. laughs> yeah, and De- uh, this guy named Dennis Sicardi, I think he was like 32 at the time or something, which was pretty much a fossil for that league was a fighter and I had no idea who he was. So we went out for warm up and he had no shoulder pads on, just elbow pads on. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, like maybe, you know, just warm up. He's the older guy, whatever. So I'm getting dressed like after the pregame skate, putting on my gear or the rest of my gear, getting ready for the game and look over him again. And he just puts on like this, like little old Sherwood, like shoulder pad set up, but like with no shoulder cups, just like the little pad. I think to myself, that seems kind of odd. You know, we go out there. First shift, he squares up with this guy who's like six five on their team. Like, and this guy, let's sorry, let me remind you, he's like five foot ten tops, but like a little fridge. Squares up with this big guy, beats the short wheels, yeah. yeah, beats the wheels off him. I'm like looking over at my buddy John, like thinking, like, what kind of league am I in, man? Like, as soon as he gets out of the box, next shift, fights their other biggest guy, kicked out of the game, like doing like the whole Sally to the away crowd, this and that. And I look over at my buddy John, and I'm like what the hell did you get me into? And this guy was just a psychopath, honestly. Like, great guy, like, sneaking up for his teammates. But that was what he, like, was known for, really, in that league. And you can find his highlights all over YouTube of doing all sorts of fighting things and that kind of thing. But 
that was my first experience with the Southern Professional Hockey League. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I got a question for you, Zach. Being in that that league and seeing, like, sit, you know, you have a wide discrepancy of talent and people coming from different leagues and different backgrounds. Do you think that even though they're trying to grow the national game, we've seen thirty-two teams lead. Do you think that there's room for a either another minor league hockey, uh, a minor hockey league in North America, or could a league like the East Coast or the Southern maybe move up and kind of be in that same realm? Because it seems like. There's so many great veteran talent, and there are a lot of guys who may not want to go to Europe necessarily. They'd like to stay here in in, in the U.S. and Canada, <clears throat> but you know, with the fact that there's been a few less leagues now than say 28, 30 years ago, do you think that there's room or possibility of growth for for more leagues, perhaps maybe in, in bigger cities, to kind of grow the game, but also give some of these older players uh, a place to play? Uh, I think there's potential for sure down the road. Um, I think. The ECHL and the SPHL were getting pretty strong before COVID as leagues and the type of players that were in them. And then when COVID kind of happened, I think those leagues really took a hit. You know, yeah. some leagues didn't even operate for a whole year or plus, lost majority of their team. You know, it's hard to kind of recycle like that. And then a lot of people just stopped playing. That would have probably played a little longer. And then a lot of people that were probably planning on playing never decided to kind of play too. So it kind of really took a hit. I know the SP took a hit. It was struggling for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know the East Coast as well. There were some teams, I think, even that had to fold and that kind of thing. So I think there's got to be a little bit of time to regrow that. But I think once that kind of gets back, there's definitely some potential. It'd be nice to get a little more pro hockey out West. Yeah. A lot yeah. of it's out East. So mm -hmm. I think the furthest team out here that plays pro in the East Coast, I know there's some teams in A, but in the East Coast, I think would be probably Boise, Idaho is probably the most West team. Yeah. And they're the only one, I think like that West. So it'd be nice to get it to grow a little bit more that way for sure. And we've been proponents from the very beginning, support the minor pro leagues, support yes. them, go out there, buy tickets, try to attend, get it. Especially if you love hockey, it's good hockey. It's competitive hockey. Teams want to win. There's intensity. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, there's yeah. honestly like, there's some good organizations that like they put on such an effort for the crowd, you know, and the people yeah. that are there that it's honestly a better fan experience than a lot of other games that you'd go to for your family and that kind of thing. So you'll see that in a lot of those little leagues and that's what kind of makes those leagues run and the players enjoy it. And, you know, we got boosters and people that love that never knew hockey their whole life. And then these teams pop up in this little Southern town or this and that, and it's all they want to watch. It's all they're about, yeah. and, you know, this and that, and they're learning it every day. And it's, it's cool to experience that too. When like coming from a place in Canada where hockey was like, you know, the back of the hand for a lot of kids growing up and it was just, you know, that's what you were doing. This is, you know, everyone knows it where there, it wasn't a thing. And they, they want to get their kids into hockey and we're doing skates with the kids, this and that. And it's way different than when you're doing skates with the kid up in Canada and the kid's trying to toe drag you and this and that. Cause they're good at hockey. <laughs> we're here. You're trying to get the kid to stand up. You know, how do you say right. fundamentals of it's skating? It's a way more rewarding experience for them, you know? So it's, right. it's cool in that point for sure. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. See, I, I, I look back even with my own experience. I grew up in Chicago, obviously having an NHL team, you know, in, in my city, but they weren't that good when I was growing up as a kid. So you gravitate into a league like the international hockey league, like Chicago Wolves, for example. And that yep. was a league that, you know, gave a lot of veterans their, you know, last chance of playing, you know, major professional hockey, making some decent money, you know, and, and like I said, they were able to kind of capitalize off of the lockout in the mid-90s, just like the HOs kind of capitalized off the lockout uh, during 2005. So like I said, there's yeah. always some change that can help or hurt some of those lesser leagues. And the fact that you mentioned about how, yeah, the fan atmosphere 
and you know it's a cheaper game and you know people want to see winners and so the ahl organizations aren't always keen on necessarily putting a team out there to win they're helping develop the nhl teams that's why you saw yeah. like the wolves leave and not have an affiliate this year so i think there's also room not necessarily just even for just how, how many players want to play at, at a high level still and are able to do it but there's also room for the fact that a league that is focused more on winning but not you know and that isn't at that high level but that's not necessarily focusing on just player development fully uh i think there's more people who would want to see like i said go and root for a team that could win at a high level just like it would any nhl team uh right. you know and, and then not have to pay that kind of price for it that's why i, I bring that up that conversation of i think there's room to have another league like that no for sure absolutely like my first call up that I ever got to the East Coast was to Toledo, and they're one of the top organizations in the ECHL. They have an awesome rink, always have a ton of fans there. And the way they run their organization and their fan experience is like just like you would see in the NHL. It's just smaller. That's it. Like, so that experience was unbelievable for me. Like, we played, they had the, they hosted the NHL all, or not, sorry, the NHL, the ECHL All Star game weekend that year. So when I was called up, it was just a coincidence that I was up there. So the way the format worked is they get a team from the East, a team from the West, and it's a three on three tournament. And then the host team splits their team up in half. So there's four teams. So I ended up playing all these guys in like a three on three tournament from coming up yes. from the SB like two weeks ago or whatever. So that was like a pretty cool experience and like yeah. how the city put it on and like that kind of thing. It was a really cool like pro experience for me. It's probably the highest thing I've ever felt for sure. So. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great opportunity you got. And like I say, those leagues are competitive. The prices are cheaper for tickets. Go out and support them. If you're in a Macon, Georgia, you're in a Birmingham, you know, you're in South Carolina, a lot, you know, the Stingrays and, you know, all these minor league teams, go out and support them because you want minor league hockey to continue to flourish for sure. Uh, no absolutely. question about that. We also want our bets to flourish, hopefully, today <laughs> uh, on the uh, NHL board. So uh, we'll. Uh, with that in mind, a great segue to, first of all, we'll quickly talk about the two games last night. Uh, Columbus, very impressive 4-2 win against Ottawa, uh, taking care of business against the Senators. Um, a nice victory for them. Of course, when you look at the uh, Ottawa Senators, the tailspin continues. It's been a rough go uh, for the uh, Sens. Uh, what is going on there? Well, it's been a bunch You're of... You're out of East. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on right now is the defensive game struggling. The goaltending was from... Well, last night, Corpus Allo against his old team wasn't at his greatest, in my opinion. But there, there's just a lot of breakdowns right now uh, in the defensive zone. And to be quite honest with you, offensively, they haven't even been lighting it up quite as much. We just saw them get blanked by Florida uh, the yeah. other night. Uh, at so you would have thought that they would have had a better bounce back game after what happened in Florida. And, like, you know, the yep. emotions were high and this and that. And then for them to come against a team against Columbus, I wouldn't have thought, like, you know, Columbus has been struggling with their own issues. So. They've been it's better. Those games I was on today. Columbus last night, Zach, a little bit. Plus 140 yeah. in that game. I was on the draw, too. That fell short with the regulation win. But Columbus, I thought, look, they beat Boston at home. They mm -hmm. beat New Jersey. They should have beat Carolina last week. Starting that to heat up home. a little bit. They are. They're playing a little bit better. Uh, and uh, they're starting to turn things around. Remember, they had that brutal losing streak, and they couldn't get out of their own. Nine straight, they lost. And since then, I believe now they have gone, I believe, four and two in their last six. Well, like, did anyone better. expect them to come out to a hot start after what happened before the season even started with everything? With the Babcock, Babcock stuff, and nah, the media. Really, and no, yeah. like, come on. Like, yeah, that was a setback. That for sure. And then, yeah. you know, they're getting it from the media on their own with their organization, what they should do, saying they should clear house and this and that. So. 
Yeah, it's crazy. yeah and that's the thing. TJ <clears throat> Smith is definitely on the uh, hot seat again. He was on the hot seat. They, they, they turned it around just for a little bit, and now all of a sudden uh, the hot seat's back. And that's disappointing to have Thomas Shabbat, your best defenseman, back, and that's the result last night. Very disappointing yeah. for the uh, Ottawa Senators, who are back in action tonight against Seattle, one of the games we will uh, get to. And then the other one, how about this for a big upset? San Jose as high as a plus 400 <laughs> underdog in some spots last night, and they take down the uh, New Jersey Devils. Uh, I, st- I had, And finally, holy shit, the best bet cold streak is over. We finally yep. cashed one last night uh, with San Jose, New Jersey, uh, going over the total. Uh, so don't have to think uh, think about that anymore. It's good to see <laughs> that come through. Uh, but, yeah, the San Jose, New Jersey game. And, look, I stuck with the over even though I was fully expecting BTEC Banachek. But, unfortunately for New Jersey, Akira Schmidt, who's been a little bit the better goalie lately, he had a VTech Vanacek type performance last night. <laughs> he was not good at all uh, for the uh, New Jersey Devils last night. Uh, Dougie Hamilton now out indefinitely. Yes, he will be missed. And you're right, that blue line, John, it's a problem right now for the New Jersey Devils. Who's going to step? Who's going to play the big minutes? You can't put Luke Hughes up there for 30, 35 minutes. You know, you need some. You need your Kevin Ball. Uh, and some of these other blue liners that they've got to take those minutes, and they're not really doing that right now. And give credit to Kockinen. He played a better game. San Jose was opportunistic. I mean, you're seeing guys that hadn't done a dick all offensively for them all year scoring goals for them. McDonald last night scoring for them. Uh, Eklund finally hit the back of the net for San Jose. So where's the, where are these guys been all year? Uh, to help them out, a struggling team offensively. Well, they all stepped up last night and a very impressive 5-3 win uh, for the San Jose Sharks last night over the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Alex, uh, some thoughts from you on uh, the two games on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad. I, like I said, the only thing I had in that uh, you know, New Jersey game was looking at mostly uh, you know Dawson Mercer. That was my bargain bin play with the power play point. Didn't, oh, yeah. Wasn't sure if we were going to get that. Yep, what what should I right. get that? Because that, that goal actually went originally to Timo Meyer, which really pissed me off because he was actually somebody I was kind of hoping <laughs> to circle, uh, you know, in that kind of game going up against San Jose. I'm thinking, oh, Timo Meyer might, might actually be live, but I went with Mercer and it ended up being the right call. They were able to correct that. So plus 575 to get one back on the uh, bargain bin. That was a, a nice one. Like I said, unfortunately, couldn't get the draw there with uh, uh, Ottawa and Columbus. Looks pretty good for a minute when you know the game was tied two two, but then uh, you know, like I said, that ends up being a four two final. Kind of just a weird tale of, of two periods essentially, where first period you know it was one side and then just flipped around to the other. So uh, short card, but nice to get a plus five seven five winner out of it. So uh, you know, on to today we go. Absolutely, and congrats to Alex, the bargain bin special of the night with uh, Dawson Mercer. Someone I know a thing or two about cash and props with uh, over the last year or so. Uh, Dawson Mercer, power play point, plus 575. Uh, Zach, any thoughts from you from the two games on Friday? Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch either of them, actually. So I was out with my family last night, so really didn't see Nothing wrong with that. Family's yeah, got to no convert. In, yeah, I yeah. got no input on those games. Didn't even see the highlights. Just saw the box score and saw Ottawa lost again. And I was like, oh, there we go. So that was about it for me. And San Jose, uh, they've been playing a little bit better, it seems, of late, for sure. Ever really since Greer came in there and said enough's enough, they've kind of put up some better numbers, for sure. So good to see them playing with some emotion. Absolutely. All right, we got a huge Saturday card. We are going to jump into it right now. We have, I believe, four games that are afternoon games. Well, I guess you could call Islanders-Panthers early evening. I still consider 6 o'clock like an afternoon start. 
I consider 7 p.m. Eastern and onward. A night I got game. lots of afternoon games out here in the in the West, buddy. Yeah, no doubt. You're out. Uh, yeah, Zach's out in BC, so uh, it's going to be 11 a.m. Uh, local time uh, in uh, BC yeah, when the first awesome. game starts, uh, which is this game that we are about to talk about right now: the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars. We've got Dallas minus 155 home favorites, six the total here in this game. I can't back Tampa on the road. I can't. I won't. It's simple. Uh, I won't do it, uh, especially against a good team. Uh, four and eight on the road this year. Uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, just not good enough hockey away from Amelie Arena and really not good enough hockey just overall. Three straight losses, one and four in their last five games. What's happened to their offense? Four goals in the last three games combined for this uh, Tampa Bay Lightning team. So not what you want to see. Dallas is coming back home off. Uh, they're in their own little mini funk, I guess you could say. They've lost three of their last four. Uh, they won against Winnipeg 2 nothing, but a couple of really disheartening losses where they had leads against Calgary not once but twice and ended up not being able to shut the door. The 7-4 home loss to Calgary was very, very frustrating because I thought they were the better team most of that yeah. game. It was really a 7-4 game for sure. Yeah, and I can't say that about the last game, though. I mean, uh, Calgary deserved that win. They outshot Dallas 36-16 uh, in that game. Uh, Wedgwood's a big reason why Dallas got a point out of it. Uh, Calgary ended up winning uh, in overtime. So this is to me a Dallas or nothing spot, but I got to admit, I don't love it. Minus 155. I just don't love that price enough. That being said, it's Dallas or nothing for me Um, with the way Dallas is scoring, but also kind of not really shutting it down at the moment, which they aren't. They gave up four to Calgary, seven to Calgary. They gave up uh, three to the Rangers, six to Colorado. Uh, three to Arizona. They've been trending over lately. Whenever you can get Tampa Bay, you know, at a six instead of a six and a half with their total, it's always worth a look, in my opinion, to the over, even with their, uh, you know, struggles recently offensively. So at six, I maybe have a small bet on the over. Uh, Dallas, Dallas, maybe I'll take a small shot in regulation, but certainly the minus 155, I just don't love that price. There are a bunch of props that I do like for this game, though. We'll get to those in a moment. Alex, what do you think here? Lightning, Stars. Yeah, I'm staying away from a side here. I was in the Lightning uh, in regulation the other night, and that was just uh, like I said, just get complete collapse. And we have to start, like I said, what we have to pay attention to how Vasilevsky responds after giving up a soft goal. Just after giving up any goal, really. We just got to see his response time. Like I said, watching his motion and movements. And so I'm just not ready to back Tampa Bay just yet, even at a big plus price. And like I said, Dallas not trying to lay this price right now with some of the efforts they put up as late. I would be looking for a five and a half <clears> game, and I want to grab something at a plus price. That's the only thing I'm going to be looking at for this contest. This is definitely a perfect game where if you like Dallas, maybe wait for something live in game. Maybe you're going to maybe it stays score. Maybe it stays tied for a while, and eventually you're going to get a better price on uh, the Dallas Stars, or maybe Tampa does come out strong. The team that's lost three in a row gets the first goal. Definitely you'll get a better price uh, on Dallas. And you're right, Vasilevsky is clearly not at his top peak form right now. There's no question. He's working his way back. Remember, that hip surgery, that's a big thing to come back from. Painful. It was a long ordeal that he went through with that. And so it's looking at least right now that it's going to take him some time to get back to uh, prime Andre Vasilevsky in net for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Zach, what do you like here? Tampa Bay, Dallas. Yeah, I agree with what you guys are saying for sure. I just, for me, like I watched that game when Vas came back against Carolina and he looked pretty good. They played pretty good in that game. Like he did. I don't think Tampa played very good. They had some 
decent end of their power play where they scored those couple goals. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I felt bad for Carolina, but I don't know. I think I, I think I'm going to back Tampa a little bit on the road here. I think Bass is going to have a good game. I'm not going to put any big money on it, but I just like the odds that you get back. Like you were saying, Dallas at minus 155, I don't really like. I'd be probably betting regulation if I was going Dallas, but I don't know if I'm betting on a Tampa team from the past or not, but I just like the fact that they have lost three in a row and that they're on the road and that they've been bad on the road. Everything's kind of against them, backs up against the wall. I like who runs their team. So I think Bass is going to have a good game, and I think uh, I think their big guys are going to show up a little bit today like they usually do in their wins. Yeah, and you would think that usually when you get a game, game like this, they've lost three in a row. Offense has been stagnant uh, during this three-game losing streak. That's usually the time you want to be betting on your Braden points and your Steven Stamkos and your yep. Nikita Kucherov and all of these guys to really get back on track uh, because uh, they definitely, you know, have gone long enough, obviously struggling uh, to score goals. We'll see if they're able to do, I just don't love how they played on the road. That's what I can't get over that. It's just been really bad. That being said, I did cash a big road underdog ticket uh, in uh, earlier, late November with uh, Tampa Bay when they went to Carolina and they blasted the hurricanes eight to two. So yeah, they that did, was and that the was craziest game. Yeah, they had what fifteen shots or something. They set a record for like most goals and or fewest amount of shots since like I don't know what Eight it was. Goals but... on fourteen shots. They yeah. scored on over fifty percent of their shots on goal in That's that crazy. game. And that I mean, first period, like they were getting dominated, and their yeah. power plays that they got, like they didn't really look good. And then with like twenty seconds or less in the power play, they make a sick play and score. And it's just like, what the heck. Yeah, but no that's doubt. Tampa some nights. That's Tampa Bay. That's what they're. I, I, you're right. There's just this, to me. This is. I don't trust Tampa, but I also don't like the price on Dallas. Even though yeah. uh, my initial <clears> thought was, Dad, I just don't like it at minus one fifty five. I don't. And Dallas's game hasn't been at their best the last few games. They haven't been great defensively. They've had trouble holding leads uh, in some games. So. Jake Ottinger's been kind of up and down lately, so that's definitely all things to factor in. Uh, for props in this game, like I say, I wouldn't overthink it with Tampa props here. I would look at Stamkos, Point, Kucherov. Look at the big guns to be the ones to lead the way when you're struggling offensively going into a game like this. For Dallas, it's very simple. Anybody on the Mason Marchment, Matt Duchesne, Tyler Sagan line, that's a good prop bet, bet right yep. now. Those Sagan three guys are rolling. Yeah, Sagan yep. has, I think, like six goals, six assists in his last 10 or something like that, which is yeah, crazy absolutely. the way he's been playing. I, love, so I would take shots. bringing it probably. here. Listen, Zach's got a, <laughs> climbing off all the stats I normally do on these players. Uh, phenomenal stuff, Zach. Way to go. You're well prepared. But absolutely, 100% right. Marchment's on fire right now. What's he got? Uh, two goals against Calgary. He's got uh, two, six, uh, seven points in the last six games. Uh, Duchesne's been terrific on that line, too. Uh, and of course, Tyler Sagan uh, has been absolutely phenomenal uh, for the uh, uh, Dallas Stars on that line. And the other guy I would consider is Joe Pavelski for props because Pavelski's on an eight-game point streak uh, right now for the uh, Dallas Stars, uh, and including four goals in the last uh, six games uh, for Dallas as well. So anyone from the second line plus Joe Pavelski, four good player prop options in my opinion for Dallas uh, here uh, in this game today. <laughs> All right, next up, we've got uh, Chicago and Winnipeg. Uh, Chicago, uh, Winnipeg minus 300 now. Uh, home favorites uh, at Canada Life Center for a matinee uh, affair against the Blackhawks. Uh, the total in this game currently sitting at, uh, it looks like, uh, six uh, shaded to the over in this one. It was initially six and a half, but it's dropped a little bit. I mean, that was disheartening from the Blackhawks uh, against Detroit. You know, I thought they'd have a better effort than that. 
facing a team that was on a a back-to-back, but wasn't the case. Uh, We'll see if they can bounce back here. But the problem is you've got Winnipeg now entering this matchup against Chicago, three straight losses. Uh, They're going to be chomping at the bit to bounce back. Uh, They're not going to want this losing streak to keep on rolling uh, any uh, longer. Uh, And they've got an ideal opponent probably to snap the skid uh, against here uh, in this game tonight against the uh, Blackhawks. So uh, I did consider a Jets first period puck line look, but uh, I don't know if I'll end up uh, going ahead with that. As far as the uh, goaltending matchups, we do have goaltending confirmed in this game. Uh, Arvid Soderblom in net for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Connor Hellebuck back in net once again for the uh, Winnipeg uh, Jets. Uh, So, you know, you look at them. Uh, it's a good spot probably to get back on track. Three losses in a row. They lost to a hot Nashville team. They lost to Dallas in a shootout when they, Ottinger had one of his really good games. And they lost to an Edmonton team that, look, right now is starting to come out of their malaise and their early season funk a little bit. So I don't mind that. I like the, this is definitely a first period both teams to score a candidate. I agree with that, John. I could see it. So one thing about Chicago is they lately they've been good early in games offensively. Look at the Seattle game that they won. Look at the Detroit game where they got on the board in the first period. They've actually been good getting on the board in the first period. But then uh, the roof caves in uh, usually after that. So uh, maybe a look toward Winnipeg, uh, either first period puck line or maybe team. You know what? Let me see what that team total is here uh, in this one for the uh, Jets. If it's anything reasonable here might get involved uh, with uh, that because, you know, I'm not a big Soder Blom uh, supporter, that's for sure. It's not bad, minus 140 uh, for the team total at Pinnacle. Um, I thought it actually might be higher considering the opponent. You're at home, you're facing an inferior opponent and kind of a struggling goalie. So I'll go over three and a half here with the Winnipeg team total at minus 140. I think that's the best look. Um, Even better, in my opinion, than the first period puck line, just because I think Chicago's got the chance to score in the opening period because they've been good scoring in the first 20 minutes lately. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Chicago, Winnipeg. I got to look that's even better than that. I'm going to bet MGM and I'm getting Arvid Soderblom goals against over three and a half at plus 110. So that means you just need oh, Soderblom um, to give up four or more goals and you're getting plus money as opposed as to... As always, the only fear with that is he gets pulled in the game. That's your only fear, yeah. It is, but, I, but here's the thing. The situation lends up to where he wouldn't get pulled. He'd have to be awful or injured to get pulled because they play tomorrow uh, in in Minnesota here, and that means they would be wanting to save Morazic for that. So they wouldn't want to just give him a quick hook unless he looks completely terrible. I would be taking a shot with Arvid Soderblom to give up uh, three and a, three and a half goals over three and a half goals at plus one ten. Uh, you can get that at BetMGM. Also, would be taking a shot here with both teams to score at plus one seventy. It's not my favorite. Both teams to score on the on the board today, but it's one I would definitely take a look for, especially because you're getting plus 170, which is a little bit higher than what we've been seeing in uh, recent numbers. Yeah, there's definitely one that I love in the evening for first period, both teams to score. We'll, we'll get to that later. Uh, what do you think here, Zach? Uh, Chicago, Winnipeg. <clears throat> yeah, I don't really have much on the game, to be honest. I don't really care for it too much, like you were saying. But I think, that if anything, I have a little bit maybe on Winnipeg first period money line. I know you are saying Chicago has been good. Uh, in the first, but I think Winnipeg is going to come out hot at home and get one up on the board in the first at least. So that's the only place that I'd have some money on would be first period, minus 0.5 for the Jets. All right. By the way, I want to mention something worth a shot. Uh, if if this is indeed true, I want to make sure that this is uh, not a uh, a typo or anything or because Roto-Wire's had some mistakes lately with the uh, line co- proper line combinations, accurate line uh, you know, lineup information 
uh, in a couple of instances. Like I've just noticed, like they were off the mark with Yanmar. No, if Anthony Bovillier is going to be making his debut today for Chicago, he's yeah. on the top line with Bedard and Kurashev. I mean, you got to take a shot. He's fired up. He's going to be with the first game with your new team. You're always amped up. You're always uh, fired up to make an impact. So uh, Anthony Bovillier and his Blackhawks debut, you know, I don't know how many goals they're going to score today because you got Hellebuck and you got an angry Jets team that you're facing. But, you know, plus 400 at FanDuel? Come on. I mean, the guy's on the top line. How can you not uh, look at that price uh, with uh, Anthony Bovillier here uh, if he's going to be on the top line with CB98 uh, and Philip? Uh, Kurashev in this game so definitely good value there you know for the Jets it's the same <coughs> usual suspects Morrissey starting to chip in points from the blue line how Connor's been amazing I still think Cole Perfetti uh, game in and game out's worth a look for goal prop uh, he continues to get better and better and he's found definite chemistry uh, for the Winnipeg Jets on that uh, second line so uh, definitely some good options there as far as uh, player props for uh, that game. But uh, definitely, I, I'm definitely seeing that that looks like it's accurate regarding uh, Anthony Beauvillier, not only making his Chicago Blackhawks debut after the trade with Vancouver, but doing so likely playing on the top line uh, for uh, the uh, Chicago Blackhawks this afternoon. All right, New York Rangers, Nashville Predators. We've got the Rangers minus 140 road favorites, six the total shaded uh, to the under. Uh, in this game, uh, Nashville cooled off and cooled off significantly by the uh, Minnesota Wild, a beatdown uh, for um, Nashville at the hands of the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, in their last game. We'll see if they'll bounce back. Uh, when, when a team has a loss like that, I'm not really rushing to uh, go against them uh, in the next game. But there is also that thought that while Nashville looked ultra impressive in their six-game win streak, they beat Chicago, they beat Calgary, they beat St. Louis. They didn't have a win against Winnipeg without Hellebuck. Uh, they beat Pittsburgh in OT. They've been up and down. Uh, you know, Colorado fell asleep in the final minute, and Nashville came back to beat them. So you could actually poke holes in all the wins that Nashville had. That Oh, they faced a weak team. Oh, Colorado fell asleep late in the game. Oh, they got the Jets without Connor Hellebuck. So, yeah, you could make that argument. And uh, this will be a big step up in class here for Nashville taking on a New York Rangers team that, you know, as we know, has been absolutely terrific this year, 16 and five, nine and three on the road. So very good road record. In fact, they have more road wins than Nashville has home wins uh, going into this uh, matchup. And if you'll remember, these teams played in October, Nashville ended up getting a four to one win at Madison Square Garden, cashing as a plus 170 dog. And I remember that game. Rangers were flat as a pancake, was one of their very few bad games this year. They were flat. They had nothing that night, nothing in the tank. They were outworked, outhustled, outskated, uh, lost puck battles all over the ice. And as Zach knows, who played the game, you lose puck battles all over the ice. You're going to give yourself basically zero chance uh, to win a hockey game. So, um, But Nashville played them well. Rangers probably know that, hey, we lost to these guys at home. We don't want that to happen again here. Uh, I lean Rangers, but I'm going to pass. I don't, th I don't think I'm going to get involved in this from a side perspective, just based on the price. Not as comfortable at minus 140. What do you think here, Alex? Rangers, Predators. Yeah, keeping it simple. It's another Nashville game. We're going first period over. One and a half. This one uh, laying at minus $1.35. And we're going both teams to score in the first period at plus 165. Uh, Nashville, like I said, been riding that hot. 17-3 and three to the first period over in the last 20. So that's the only thing I like here, staying away from the sides as well. 
Yeah, Bedard points, says Gary Chen uh, in our chat. He's got points in seven straight road games and very frustrated with his effort last game. And Hawks always play better off a loss. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, yeah, I saw him slamming his stick in that Detroit game. I mean, that's about as angry and frustrated as I've seen him in any level. Junior, uh, NHL, you name it. I mean, he was not happy, obviously, uh, with uh, the way things went. I did want to shout it out because I saw his name in the, in the chat earlier. Uh, let me just see. I, hopefully I didn't uh, miss it or it's, it didn't disappear, but it's actually an old guest of ours, former guest on the show. Let me see if I can get the comment there. Josh Eunice. He was on our show last year. He must be watching. Uh, there we go. So shout out to our guy, uh, Josh Eunice. Uh, anyone beat my record from last year yet? Uh, there we go. Uh, I, I haven't kept track of the guests records, honestly, uh, on the uh, show. I just haven't. So, but appreciate it. Josh Eunice uh, joining uh, us on the, in the uh, chat. Uh, probably watching this show somewhere. Good stuff. Uh, what do you think here, Zach? Uh, New York Rangers, Nashville Predators. <clears throat> yeah, I think I'm leaning towards uh, the Rangers side. Uh, Quick looks like he's getting this start today, and he's been like his old self, it seems, this year. So I think he's going to keep rolling. Uh, had a few games this year where I've been against the Rangers, and it hasn't really treated me well, so I'm switching sides. So that's kind of more or less why I'm going towards that side. But I think I'm going to take a minus uh, 0.5 in the first period get off to a hot start and then uh minus 3.5 goals over for them in the game. Yeah. And all this Bedard talk, by the way, and I meant to bring it up when we talked Chicago, Winnipeg, but I'm going to bring it up now. The reporters in Winnipeg, you, you, uh, some of you are an absolute disgrace. What I read and what I saw yesterday, this kid has had to go through the mental torture and anguish of an unfounded rumor circulating about, you know what, with Corey Perry and his, and, and Connor's mom. We know that obviously it's it's false. Didn't it was something else? Another incident involving Perry. Nothing to do with something like that. And it's time to just you know let it go. Time to move on, get past that, and let the kid focus on hockey. But not these vultures. Apparently, in the media yesterday in Winnipeg, that were not just asking Bedard one question about it, but asking him like four or five questions in a row about that rumor and how he's handled it. You're an absolute joke if you're if you asked him those that a question like that multiple times as a reporter. You should have your media credentials revoked. You should have your media pass revoked. You should be suspended. Simple as that. And there's people that have the gall on X to come after me and say they're just doing their job. It, it's bad enough that these fucks are asking him one question about it, but to ask him three, four, five questions in a row about it, that is unacceptable. That is absolutely intolerable. Un 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 intolerable you cannot have a reporter act in that way all right it's 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 unprof it's unprofessional this is an 18 year old kid you don't think you know he's probably you know been thinking about this enough and now you're gonna have to make him think about what all the shit he went through regarding this over and over again with uh, four or five questions in a row uh absolutely ridiculous and look i don't like the way media is going uh the last several years in various forms what sports news media you name it I mean, there's very, very little respect and and, and for people anymore, uh, especially the people you interview. I mean, it's just, you know, you're just trying to uh, basically uh, ask questions because you want to put something in your damn article. You want to get clicks. You want to get people looking at it and reading it. And that's not the way to do about it. Have some thought for both the human being for a change. Anyway, that's enough of that. Uh, it was just sickening to me. Alex, I'm well sure said. you agree with that. Very, very well said. Yeah, like the, it was one thing when, when we're trying to figure out what the story is. <laughs> we know that's not the case now. To even harbor on a rumor when we know what the, the at least the majority of what the true storyline is, is absurd. 
And like I said, and, and it, it's it's screaming that you know maybe that you know they're trying they're trying to do this to get under the skin. You know, like I said, this is this is a rivalry that that doesn't get talked about a lot with Winnipeg and Chicago. The Jets have not been fond of the Hawks since they've become come back into the league, and I, and with good reason too. That was right in the middle of the the Showtime dynasty. They knew that you know Central Division power, even going back to the days of the eighties and nineties. Uh, you know, Winnipeg has always been uh, little cousin, not even little brother to Chicago. So maybe this is this is some gamesmanship by by the uh, the reporters. But like you said, they shouldn't be asking those questions at this point. It was one thing to do that a week ago. You shouldn't be doing that now. And like I said, for anybody to keep bringing it up at this point, then they should have their media uh, credentials questioned for sure. Yeah, yeah, just uh, very disappointing to see what the the, the actions there uh, of the media regarding. Uh, Connor Bedard with that. As far as props for this game, like I say, Gus Nyquist, man, this guy is just, it's ridiculous what he's doing right now. He's going to cool off at some point, but anyone on that top line, him, Forsberg, O'Reilly, and then for the Rangers, I like uh, Lafreniere. Lafreniere is having a nice bounce back year. He's finally showing that those signs of being that um, bona fide uh, number one overall pick. Love seeing it. I love seeing it. I've defended him from day one and said, just be patient, be patient. I know you want him to be, uh, you know, as good as, you know, Connor McDavid was in, uh, right away and Austin Matthews and all these guys. It doesn't always work that way. And he's playing his best hockey right now of his career. Uh, New York Islanders, Florida Panthers, Florida minus 170 home favorites, uh, six the total. Uh, Zach, I don't know how I know you've watched our show a few times, a handful of times. I don't know if you've heard my Panthers sound yet, but I'll, I'll throw it out there. <laughs> there we go that's my panther sound there that's go. pretty okay. good i like it yeah. panther and predator and any of those uh uh type of teams yeah we, we do the old, uh, sound effect there but yeah as far as islanders panthers look i like the draw here uh very very simple the islanders cannot shake close games right now uh they take the lead they let the team back into it uh and uh that's been the mo for them uh recently it's just remarkable i mean the islanders look at the their recent results Overtime against Vancouver, shootout against Seattle, shootout against Calgary, one goal game against Philly, 5-3 against Ottawa, and I think there was an empty netter there. one nothing shootout against Philly, one goal game against New Jersey, which, by the way, was 20 seconds away from going to overtime. That's the game John Massey went to the night of our betcast earlier this week. That game was that close to overtime. Overtime with Carolina uh, in their last game. They've been draw machines, draw magnets, uh, if you will, but good for our bankrolls, uh, if you like, betting the draw. That's my only bet here in this game. Uh, Islanders-Panthers draw uh, at a very good plus price uh, in this one. Alex, what do you think here? Islanders-Panthers. Yeah, same thing. I'm rolling. I got plus 350 at Caesars. Grab, uh, go to FanDuel. I'm sure they have a higher price uh, listed, but I grabbed this one earlier this morning. This is one of two draw plays that I really liked. So, uh, like I said, Isles has been playing close hockey, so hoping we can cash another one. All right, absolutely. Liking the draw here for sure. Islanders, and there's another team that's been draw city lately, and we'll get to them later. But, yeah, plus 360, the current price with that at uh, FanDuel for uh, Islanders-Panthers draw. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Zach, Islanders-Panthers? I'm liking the under in this one. I got under six here at plus 100. Uh, I think that the offense is going to be a little dry in this one. I think Sorokin's going to play good. Stolarz has been pretty good for Florida this year. I think we're going to see a tight game. I like how you're betting the draw, so I feel like the under's a good bet on my side. Just a question with the Islanders. Is it going to be a 2-2 draw? Is it going to be a 3-3 draw, which wouldn't be I was good? Thinking, I was thinking 2-2 yeah. was where my head was at. That's what we hope for, exactly. That's <laughs> what we hope for. Uh, this one, I'm not I'm not on the uh, total. Uh, believe it or not, Florida's the under team, <laughs> the under team right now. Uh, seven, <laughs> come on now. 
keep it together. Seven and one to the under uh, in the last eight games. And here's the Islanders, uh, you know, in their last uh, eight games, uh, six and two to the over. So, you know, for in years past, it's been reversed. <laughs> Panthers are the over team. Islanders are the under team. It's been the other way around. You're right, Zach, about Stolars. He's capable. He's not that bad of a backup goalie. He can be capable. He's in that here for Florida today. Uh, Ilya Sorokin in that for the Islanders. I should point out, he probably got injured in that fight he had. And it was a hell of a fight, him and uh, Josh Anderson uh, for Montreal the other night. But Jonah Gadjevich uh, is out for uh, Florida. He was in that scrap with Anderson. It was a hell of a fight, too. Uh, yep. I think he got injured in that fight, and that's why he is uh, not uh, available for the uh, Panthers tonight uh, in I'm this just, game against. I'm just thinking yeah. that Stolarz isn't going to have to be that good tonight, or today, I guess I should say. And I think Sorokin's going to have a game like he's capable of having. I think Florida's going to definitely put up some shots. You know, they're going to try and put up some offense. But I'm, I'm, that's where my head's at with the bet is that Sorokin's going to have a good game, and Stolarz isn't going to have to do anything crazy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And for, the, for this draw to hit, it would it would have to be Sorokin looking more like his normal form playing a much tighter game. If, if he's struggling, yeah. then yeah, that that's gonna be hard to cut to cash in. But I think yeah, I think Absolutely. he's due he's due for a bounce back start. And like I said, Stolarz has been uh fairly well, but like I said, he didn't have to do anything over over extenuate himself to to have a good game today. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, by the way, as far as uh Zach's under look for this game. Four straight meetings, six goals or less in all four meetings. So all four uh, meetings in a row between these teams, no no more than six goals in any of the games uh, between them. So it's been uh, 3-0-1 to the under uh, in the uh, last four head-to-head meetings here with the uh, Isles and the Panthers. All right, the rest of the games are at night uh, on the East Coast, starting with the Boston Bruins and Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, we've got minus 110, even money both sides here. Six the total, uh, shaded to the under uh, here in this game. Uh, Leafs coming off um, another game that goes uh, past regulation against Seattle. Here's another team that they're working through their blues of holding on to leads. They have a 3-1 lead against Seattle. Seattle comes back, ties it in the third, and then the Leafs win in a shootout 4-3. What a night for Mitch Marner, a hat trick and the shootout winner. Uh, Is that a sign where he gets his game revved up again offensively? where he's been pretty quiet much of the season. We'll see Boston uh, righted the ship. Well, I don't know if they righted the ship. They played San Jose, but uh, although San Jose did beat New Jersey last night, so maybe we got to give the Bruins more credit than we should for the win against San Jose, but they needed it. doesn't matter who they were playing. It doesn't matter if they were playing, you know, a peewee hockey team or whatever, what the case may be. They needed a win uh, in the worst way after three straight losses against Detroit, the Rangers, and Columbus, and they bounced back with a 3 nothing shutout against uh, San Jose. We'll see how they fare tonight in this uh, original six uh, rivalry matchup. Linus Allmark confirmed in net for Boston. Uh, Joe Wool back in net for Toronto. And I think Joe Wool was going to play all along tonight, uh, but certainly now he's definitely got to play because uh, Ilya Samsonov under the weather. He won't even be available to back up Joe Wool tonight in this game. So guess who's called up to back up Joe Wool tonight? Our old buddy, Martin Jones. <laughs> Martin Jones from the uh, AHL, uh, from the Marlies. So Martin Jones, the backup here tonight for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs here uh, in uh, this one. Uh, the Leafs, I think, really want to beat Boston. I wouldn't want to go in front of Toronto, but do I trust Toronto fully? I don't know. I'll do what I, I'll tell you what I do like. I lean Toronto. I do at minus one ten. But you know what I like more than that in this game. We've got a Leafs team that has been just not been able to hold leads. They have the kings of shootout and overtime games. 
four of the last five have gone past regulation. The last 10 games, more than half, six of their last 10 games, the Leafs have gone past regulation. And look at the last or the previous meeting earlier this season between the Bruins and Leafs in Boston, November the 2nd, a month ago. Shootout, 3-2 win for Boston. Another game that went past regulation. The game before that last year, the final regular season game between these teams also went past regulation. So you know what I'm looking at in this game. I lean Toronto, but what I like infinitely more than that, give me the draw here, plus 370 at FanDuel. A Bruins Leafs draw plus 370. Alex, what do you think here? Boston, Toronto. Yeah, last few meetings have gone past regulation. And as you mentioned, the uh, Leafs, they, they are number one in the league as far as games going past uh, regulation. So easy, easy look to have at plus 370. We're going with the draw. Hard not. Uh, it's pretty easy to make make that decision <laughs> at the draw. Yeah. Four of the last five past regulation, six of 10 past regulation for the Leafs. Like I say, they're just, they're, they're allergic to, overtime right now uh they just can't they can't shake it that's the overtime bug uh and they just can't shake it right now uh what do you think here zach bruins leafs yeah i think it's going to be a good game i think it's going to be entertaining um i feel like it might open up a little bit so i'm kind of leaning a little bit to over six um thinking a three three overtime game on your <laughs> towards your draw but honestly i i'm not a really big leafs fan so i'm never really fading towards the Leafs so if I was going one way or the other I'd be going with the Bruins but I'm liking also minus three and a half goals on the over for the Bruins I think they're going to come out firing I think it's going to be a high scoring game so that's kind of where I'm leaning all right leaning over here over six minus 110 here for uh Zach with the uh, Bruins uh, and the uh, Leafs actually yeah it's around even money here minus 105 minus 110 with that over um you know I'll tell you what with the Leafs um They've certainly been trending over. You don't always get sixes with them. In fact, their games haven't been this low as far as totals are concerned, six in a very long time. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's important like to it keep a that bit. in mind. Yeah, no doubt. I'm just looking at the series history in Toronto. Uh, the last four head-to-head -head meetings in Toronto, I believe three of them have gone over, believe it or not. Yeah, three of the four, last four head-to-head -head meetings in Toronto, Bruins and Leafs have actually gone over the total. So, uh, Is this I, their I first matchup since yep. uh, Marchand's little slew foot can opener thing? Is That's true. Ever? Excellent point. Right. And they did jack shit remember. the Leafs. They yeah, just stood so around like a bunch of dopes we'll and did see. nothing. Yeah, I don't know I if uh, Reeves is yeah, going to be able be... to chase anyone around out there or not. He cracks me up in the media. <laughs> I like And him. you know what's funny, Zach? The media gave the Leafs shit for that. That they nobody stood up for uh Lilligren, you're right and Lilligren's yeah. been out ever since uh yeah. and uh Marchand no one went after Mar. yeah this could be a some nasty stuff tonight maybe I think Ro Revo's got to be in the lineup right Ryan Reeves he's got to be in the lineup yeah but like he's not going to do anything to Marchand nor are they going to let anything like that happen like someone around Marchand's caliber and like size would have to like if they're going to fight like he had if like, like Domi can drop the gloves Domi can handle himself in a yeah, fight next Domi for sure for yeah. sure Trying to think who would the other guy be like maybe a Bertuzzi. Yeah, that's an team. excellent point. That's yeah. an excellent I don't know. point about that. I but forgot about that incident. I don't know if there's gonna be too many fisticuffs. We'll see, but I think that's what might lead it to be open it up a little bit. Emotions get high, you know. Yep. More penalties breakdowns, yep. more penalties, more power plays. So that's what's that good leading. for, Zach? What's that good for? The over. There you go. <laughs> exactly right. That's right. No, no question about that. It would be good for that. So, yeah, I'll lean over with you there. But I like the draw. That's my favorite look uh, on that game, the yeah. draw for sure. I might, you know what, this is, 
this is a good game to look at the over for the first uh, period in full game live, especially if we start seeing that animosity. Maybe we see a fight in the first couple minutes and we start seeing that kind of chippy play and we can get a four on four or something to take advantage of. So that's definitely something to look at. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no question. So as far as props, Zaka, Zaka and Coyle, uh, I could see those being good looks for Boston. We've talked about them quite a bit. You know, do you ride the hot hand of Marner now that he's back on track? We'll have to uh, wait and see. You know, Matthews, Nylander, Nyes, let's see if they can get things going. They've been a little bit quiet lately uh, for the Leafs. Nick Robertson, I just got that weird sense Nick Robertson maybe scores tonight too uh, against Boston. I could see that happening. All right, next up we've got Seattle and Ottawa, and these are two struggling teams right now. Uh, the Kraken and the uh, Senators. Uh, we've got Ottawa minus 120 home favorites. Uh, the total in this game, six and a half, uh, pretty much across the board. Back to back for Ottawa after another disheartening. I, I'm not laying a price with Ottawa right now. I can tell you that. I can't do it. Uh, they're struggling right now. Now it is a second game back for uh, Thomas Shabbat. So is he going to be in a little bit better rhythm potentially? But, you know, I don't like what I'm seeing from this group. But at the same time, I'm not rushing to bet Seattle. Uh, here either this is a seattle team that's lost three in a row they've started this road trip uh losing to uh, chicago 4-3 toronto 4-3 both of those games in a shootout there are there is something i do like in this game i'm not enamored with either side but i like over six and a half uh, these two teams are scoring these two teams are giving up goals right now especially seattle man grubauer's back into one of his um downturns if you will uh, in between the pipes. Hasn't been sharp lately, and they haven't helped him out either in front of Grubauer, uh, but definitely he has had some struggles in net. The defensive game has really struggled for the Kraken uh, overall, uh, but their offense, you know, is start kind of stepped up here lately. They have scored three-plus goals, Seattle, uh, entering this game in all but, I believe, one of their last um, eight games, uh, and they've trended over, seven and one to the over in their last eight. Uh, Ottawa's not a team that off, uh, defensively still has their game where it needs to be. They've given up a grand total of 14 goals in their last three games against the Islanders, Panthers, and the Blue Jackets. So uh, I like over six and a half, and I think this is also a very good both teams to score in the first period candidate here. One of my favorite both teams to score in the first period uh, looks for this card is this game, uh, Seattle uh, and Ottawa. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Kraken and Senators? Yeah, I, I would like to look for a better price to shop around. I'm seeing plus 145, but I also like that both teams to score in the first period. I think we definitely get goals here. And this is a six and a half that if you want to play it, I'd say grab it now. I wouldn't even wait and try to grab something in game. This could be one of those where we see goals back and forth, back and forth. So I'm also going with that full game over at a six and a half. Usually I don't, I like to wait and grab those in game. This one, I don't think we're out of time to do it. So just going and lay the lay it and grab it now. Three of the four meetings as well have gone over the total here with uh, Seattle and Ottawa in the uh, series history since the uh, Kraken joined the league. Um, this is not a, one of my strong draw looks, but hey, Seattle has gone past regulation in four of the last 10 games. So this is an, not as strong a draw look as a couple of the other ones like the Islander game or the Leaf game, but maybe I'll have a smaller look on the draw here as well. Uh, what do you think here in this one, uh, Zach, Seattle, Ottawa? Yeah, I'm with you guys on the over in the first period. Uh, I think that should uh, should be a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, that's really it for the main card, really. Got a couple of player props that I like, but first period, couple goals. That's what I'm looking at. You mean in this game, what uh, there's player props you like? Yeah. Or just later? Oh, yeah. What, what, what are you looking I at? I like here? Shabbat player over a point. I think I got value on that plus 120. So that's kind of the player prop that I like. Uh, 
another one here that I think I'm going with uh, Matthew Kuch- or sorry Brady Kachuk to score. Yeah, he had a good night last night. He was yeah, the only so one that had a good night. <laughs> I think that's going to kind of roll over a little bit, hopefully for him and be a leader. I like betting on the captain when the team's down. So and he's what you want as a captain. I like yeah. what he's done so far with how he's treated the media and his team and like. You know, obviously, like we've been talking about earlier, they've had a pretty tough start this year. It's pretty surprising. I think they're like one of the worst teams in the league. I think bottom three, bottom four, maybe right now after last night. So they really got to start rolling it around or they're going to have to make some changes because I don't think uh, Ottawa fans or the management's going to want to put up with that for much longer. No, I mean, it's getting uh, it's getting salty again uh, with the fan base. I mean, uh, they have had a really cold relationship with DJ Smith lately, uh, and it's getting to the point where uh, they're getting uh, – uh, the the chance again to get him out of there, and uh, it's too bad he has to go. Eventually, if at some point, you know, you gotta, if you're struggling like this, you can't let him go through this indefinitely, uh, and you may need to make a shakeup at some point. Well, if they lose this game at home to Seattle, who are That's not exactly crazy. burning it up right now, yeah, this, this could be the game that, um, you know, yeah, they could be having a pretty big talk on Monday. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could see a change here if uh, Ottawa is not victorious here tonight. Uh, in this one. All right, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. We got the uh, Penguins minus 170 uh, home favorites. Uh, the total uh, in this one is uh, six and a half shaded to the uh, under uh, in this game. Uh, Pittsburgh um, coming off a uh, perf- uh, great win against Tampa Bay. Tristan Jari, the first ever uh, goalie <laughs> awesome. goal in Penguins franchise history. Um, pretty cool. Great stuff, uh, certainly from uh, Jari and the Penguins that night. Obviously, a game that they're very capable of winning. Philadelphia's lost four of their last five, uh, including a tough overtime loss against New Jersey, 4-3. But I'll say this, Pittsburgh is not the, yeah, let's lay minus 170 with type of team. Not at all uh, for me. I mean, they've they've been capable. They've uh, obviously won uh, a big one on the road against Tampa the other night. They're still only two and three in their last five. Uh, They're not the kind of team I trust in this bigger uh, price range. Uh, Now, they have obviously done... A significant damage against Philly. They've owned this series to the tune of uh, seven and one uh, in the last eight meetings. Uh, no question. Four straight unders, believe it or not, with uh, the Flyers and the Penguins as well uh, coming into this game. But uh, I'm not comfortable with um, Philadelphia in this price range uh, at all. This would be to me a Philly or draw lean for me. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm going to actually get there with it. Sam Arison, by the way, Samuel Arison confirmed in net for the Flyers. And yes, it will be Tristan Jari for the um, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Flyers, Penguins, Keystone State battle. Yeah, and it's interesting. You mentioned about the four straight unders. But then you look at the last three games, you've seen the first period over cash in, in uh, yep. a couple of those battles. And then the game kind of slowed down. So, I'm going to sprinkle a little bit on both teams to score first period, but I'm doing that kind of to set up the possibility of looking for a live under. Uh, maybe we get a couple of goals and we can get an eight and a half at plus money, and then I would come back and bet that I could see this one kind of tightening up a little bit uh, in the, like I said, in later periods. This, these are two teams that don't like each other. Games always kind of tend to get physical. We tend to see a lot of scrums after the whistle. So I think we could see scoring early, and then I think we, the physicality takes over and it slows things down a little bit. So, both teams to score first period, maybe even grab a little bit of live first period over, but those are smaller looks. Hope to cash both those, and then we can take that money and roll it back with a live under uh, sometime in the second period. You know what? This is a game where I could see, you know, Philly is, look, it's it's Pittsburgh. 
this is a game Philly will be excited to play and excited for and want to play well. And they gave and they really outplayed New Jersey. They actually played a really good game against New Jersey. They deserved a better fate uh, against the Devils. So I could see that the goals early, the, especially both teams in the first period. We could see a one-one uh, after the first. Maybe it slows down after that. And Philly has been kind of the last couple games trend in first period overs or first period both teams to score and overs as well. I think we saw it too with the uh, Philly. Uh, a Philly Jersey game, I think, went over in the first period, I believe. So, yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, what do you think here, Zach? Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. I'm liking Pittsburgh minus one and a half in this one. I think it's a huge game. This has been a rivalry forever for these guys, it seems, or at least in my lifetime. Uh, Crosby's always been great against Philly. Pittsburgh right needs about the win. That. Pittsburgh needs the win bad. Uh, and I'm I'm going with the team that's better on paper and hoping that they're better on the ice. So I, I like the value at minus one and a half. And I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good game throughout. But I think Pittsburgh's going to claw away and hopefully banking on an empty netter. All right, there we go. Liking uh, Pittsburgh here minus one and a half, Zach, with the uh, Penguins on the uh, puck line here uh, to get the job done in this one. Detroit, Montreal. We've got the Red Wings minus one sixty uh, road favorites, six and a half being the uh, total. Uh, in this one, um, it feels like these teams have played each other a lot uh, already this year. It's just that it's, it's got, got that feel to it. I think that's pretty that's true. No, just the one time. Wow. But I know one thing for that I've, I've become very accustomed to with these two teams when they do battle. Detroit has won four of the last six meetings uh, between these two teams. They are definitely still the better uh, of these two teams. And look, the Red Wings are playing some very good hockey right now. Let's give uh, Derek Lalone's team credit. Four and one. The only loss was the Rangers game. Uh, on Wednesday night where they actually had a two to one lead and just failed to close it out. So they're that close to being five and oh uh, in their last five games. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings playing really, really well. And what's impressive to me is, look, um, you know, they've got some absences. Justin Hall's banged up on the blue line. We're still about a week away from seeing Patrick Kane make his uh, Detroit Red Wings debut. I know Alex can't wait for that. Uh, but, uh, let's go being facetious of course uh but uh, yeah patrick <laughs> kane will make his debut seven to ten days from now um but the real sad news it's uh we, we knew dylan larkin was out we were wondering okay what's going on here not injury related what's going on is something and it's an absolute tragedy yeah. uh they've lost uh their their baby uh kid uh him and his uh wife um absolutely awful uh, and um, we just uh, wish them well and thoughts and prayers and uh, absolute. Um, you hate to see that, you know. No parent should be put through the the situation of losing their kid at that you know young age just after birth. Um, just absolutely uh, sick, heart, heart sick. We are uh, for the Larkins uh, that they have to go through that. So uh, we wish them well, and obviously Larkin will be out of the lineup. I guess until you know, there's, there's is he back tonight? Uh, Mike says he's back tonight. Well, we'll have to, to uh, check on that. But I know that's why he missed the uh, uh, game the other night, uh, the last two games. No, he is back tonight. Yes, I see that. So, uh, yep, Roto-Wire's got him back tonight. So uh, after missing the Blackhawk game and the Ranger game uh, earlier this week, uh, Dylan Larkin is back. And um, I'm not saying win one for the Gipper here, but that's the captain. The team knows what's gone on with him personally here, an absolute tragedy. Uh, with him and his uh, wife here uh, losing their child, um, you got to believe the players are going to say, "Let's go out there here and let's rally around our captain tonight." You got to believe that. That's what you're going to see here from Detroit. I wouldn't want to step in front of Detroit tonight. Uh, they are the better team right now. Uh, they have won four of the last six against Montreal, um, but I don't know if I want to lay this price. What I do like is the draw. This is another draw for me. 
uh, because you've got the Red Wings and the Habs that have played four of the last six meetings have gone past regulation. Montreal, you know, off a 5-1 loss to Florida. Marty St. Louis was not happy. Uh, you know, he hasn't – he's picked his spots to be angry with his team vocally and publicly. Well, he took an opportunity to get a little more upset than normal with the Florida performance the other night. Um, so I'd expect Montreal to want to bring a strong bounce-back effort here as well. Uh, so for me, I think both teams – in what should be a competitive game. We've have got a history of these teams playing close competitive games head-to-head for the last six meetings going past regulation. So for me, another draw shot here, Detroit-Montreal, draw plus 360 uh, at FanDuel. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Detroit-Montreal? Yeah, like I said, first things first, uh, you know, thoughts and, and condolences, Dylan Larkin, his wife, Kenzie, has the second miscarriage. So that's uh, incredibly unfortunate oh uh, news to hear and, and, and deal with. So yeah, so that's, uh, really rough, and, and I'm hoping he gets a gold. And I, I did take a, a, a very small shot, beer money, with him at plus 165 at FanDuel to get a goal. Uh, that I'm sure that would be th- – there's no way to just heal from that right away. But playing well, getting your mind off of, of other things, and, and doing well on the ice, I'm sure, would be uh, you know something that could at least heal the soul for a moment with Dylan Larkin. That being said, like I said, Detroit's playing some good hockey right now. And uh, this is a spot here – it sucks that, like I said, this history with these two teams going uh, past regulation because in another spot, I'd be all over Red Wings in, in regulation here. But I had to take a shot with the draw at 360. Like I said, the series history dictates it, especially with the price. But uh, I, I would probably be looking to grab some kind of Red Wings money line in-game. I think the Wings could find a way to get this one done. I can see four three Red Wings in a shootout. That, that That's kind of the gut feeling I have when I look at this matchup here. So, Going with the draw, going with Dylan Larkin to score a goal and might be targeting Detroit live at some point in this contest. And you're on mute. Yeah, I think it's going to be fitting that with everything he's gone through, Dylan Larkin, uh, he plays a good game tonight, probably finds the score sheet. So I like the Dylan Larkin prop looks uh, here tonight. He'll be back in the top line, of course, with Lucas Raymond and Alex Debrinkit. Comfort. Straight out of comfort, crazy motherfucker named JT. Yeah, he's been absolutely outstanding uh, lately, uh, and uh, he's been producing. And, of course, of course, Robbie Fabry. We would not talk about the Detroit Red Wings without bringing up Robbie Fabry, who had a highlight real goal against Chicago. Uh, he continues to be a good, undervalued prop uh, look right now for the Red Wings. And then on the Montreal side, I want to point out, too, very, very disappointing to see Alex Newhook placed on IR. He was really playing well up on their top line, uh, come over from Colorado in the offseason, and now he's going to miss upwards of three months, 10 to 12 weeks, upwards of three months with a high ankle sprain. Uh, so very unfortunate news for uh, Alex Newhook, who was really starting to play some good hockey uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. But what that means is lineup changes, and it looks like tonight we're going to see Sean Monahan stepping on up to the top line with Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. So, Sean Monahan might have some value tonight with his player props, elevation to the top line for Montreal tonight. Uh, and someone that Zach knows very well, former Calgary Flame, of course, Sean Monahan. What do you think here, Zach, Detroit-Montreal? Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be a close game. I think Detroit's going to come out a little bit slow. So I'm actually going to take them on the under 0.5 in the first. I don't think they're going to put anything up in the first. I think they might actually even be down one, and that's when I'll probably step in and make a live bet on Detroit with the comeback. Uh, they've had some games this year where they've come out a little slow, caught their way back, managed to find wins. So that's kind of where I'm leaning towards today. 
All right, good stuff indeed. I, I forgot to mention some props for Seattle in the Seattle-Ottawa game. It just popped in my head. Uh, right now, anyone on the McCann-Eberly unit, McCann-Eberly and Beneers, and also throw Ellie Tolvanen in there. Ellie Tolvanen's heating up uh, for Seattle. There's some good uh, player prop looks in that game uh, as well. All right, we move along now. Next up, we've got Buffalo and Carolina. Uh, Buffalo, uh, Carolina, rather, minus 250. Big home favorites in this game. Uh, and the total currently at, um, it looks like, uh, six and a half shaded to the under uh, in this one. This is where you want to consider backing the Buffalo Sabres. How many times have we said this? When they're on the road, they're underdogs, they step up in class uh, very well, and it's those games like the game the other night against St. Louis, off a win where that's where things don't go well uh, for Buffalo. But you get this team usually in a spot like this where they're off a um, a loss, like the loss against St. Louis, where they actually didn't play that bad. They actually outplayed, outshot, outchanced. I thought carried the play against St. Louis, but not a great goaltending night uh, for the uh, Sabres, giving up six goals uh, to the Blues. 6-4 loss. Uh, it was uh, Uko Pekalukkanen, and as good as he was going, it was not good for him against St. Louis. Six goals allowed on just 20 shots. Uh, they got four past Bennington, but still, Bennington was pretty solid, considering 46 shots for the uh, Sabres. Uh, in that game against the Blues. So they probably deserved a better fate, better outcome than a 6-4 loss. Carolina, you look at this team, you know, they're 7-3 and three at home, 13-9 and nine, uh, overall. But they are just, games aren't easy for them right now. Look at the recent games. I mean, the Pittsburgh game was close, 4-2. Um, they beat Edmonton 6-3, but they kind of let the struggling Oilers at the time back into it. They got crushed by Tampa at home. They had to uh, barely beat Columbus 3-2 in a game they were trailing in the third period at home against Columbus. Um, so they haven't had an easy time of it. 4-1 on the road against uh, Philly was probably the exception. And then, of course, last home game, they lose 5-4 in overtime to the Islanders. So uh, I just get that feeling that if you got the Canes in money line parlays here, you're going to be sweating this game because that's what Buffalo does. When they play good teams on the road as bigger underdogs, these are the spots where they're often in the game and have a chance to win them. It's been repeated over and over again. So uh, I'm going to take a shot here. Buffalo, not too many big dogs on the card for me today, but I'm taking a shot with this one. Uh, plus 200 uh, on the uh, Sabres uh, here uh, tonight against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Looks like in terms of goaltending, we don't have confirmation, but with this, uh, with with Lucan and struggling, and I think I, I heard Dan uh, Don Granado um, basically hint that Eric Comrie might get this start tonight for uh, Buffalo. And he's capable. All right. He's capable. He can come in there for one game, give you a chance. And anti Ronta might be in for Carolina. And it's not like he's in great form right now. Uh, he has had some rough nights at times. So uh, Buffalo to me has a shot. They're live. And that's all I can ask for at this price. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Buffalo, Carolina. Yeah, this is one I'm going with the first period over two at plus 110, taking a shot there. Eight and three to the first period over in the last 11 meetings. And then all eight that have cashed. We've seen three or more goals. So also taking a shot with both teams to score in the first period. Grab that at plus 155. Uh, I would sprinkle something on Sabres pregame. But this one, this this history just is so heavy toward Carolina. And like I said, Comrie, he's capable. But he's not a goalie that I'm super duper high on, especially out of this rotation of the two. I would be more comfortable backing Lukanen, honestly, if he had gone in this, in this game. So I'm staying off of the side. Maybe look to grab something in-game. I think we'll have chances with Buffalo where this game could go but kind of back and forth. And so 
you won't get completely priced out if you if you wait and grab something live. But first period over and both teams to score. And that's first period over two, uh, I should say, at plus 110. And then both teams to score at, at a plus price as well. Yeah, that, that might be a good look because Carolina off a loss, get on the board early. Buffalo's capable, I think, of maybe getting on the board early. They're off a loss, two hungry teams early. Uh, so that both teams to score in the first period, I like that uh, as a potential here in this game. I'm going to also put a little on the draw just because Buffalo did take Carolina to overtime on November 7th in this building in Raleigh. 3-2 overtime win for Carolina last month here in this uh, venue. So a little sprinkle on the draw for me as well. Zach, how about you? Sabres, Hurricanes. Yeah, the only thing that I'm leaning towards in this one is the over. I think we're going to see some goals in this one. So that's kind of the only thing that I'm seeing. So hopefully uh, come out to a hot start in the first and keep rolling from there. All right, Zach's liking the uh, over here with uh, Buffalo and Carolina. All right, next up, we've got uh, St. Louis and Arizona. Uh, these teams feel felt, feels like they've played each other 10 times already uh, this year. We've got uh, Arizona. Uh, minus 125 home favorites, uh, the total six and a half uh, in this matchup. Uh, Arizona with a huge win against Colorado uh, in their last game. Terrific win for them against the uh, Avalanche. We'll see if they can uh, keep it rolling here tonight uh, at home. Six and four, there's that home record again. We talk about how the Coyotes last year had a very good home record at Mullet Arena, and here they are this year. That home record is very, very strong again, six and four. For a team that's just 500, 11 and 11 on the season. So I don't like going against Arizona at home. They've won three in a row. And how about this little stretch of teams that they've beaten? Vegas, the defending champs, Tampa Bay, Colorado. Not bad. Not bad. Aren't you talking about like the last three Stanley Cup champions? I think so. Tampa Bay a few years ago, Colorado two years ago, Vegas last year. So yeah, they've beaten each of the last three Stanley Cup champions. Uh, in their last three games. So they're playing well. I think I got to take Arizona. Now I'm worried a little bit, you know, you played Vegas, you played call a Tampa and you played Colorado. Do you, do you bring that same focus intensity here? A team that's you're certainly more than capable of beating at home. Uh, the St. Louis blues. I think so. Uh, we'll see if they can get the job done. I like what I'm seeing out of Connor Ingram, who has already been confirmed in net. Andre Tourney is clearly rolling with him as the number one guy right now because he's outplayed Vimelka. That's why. Simple as that. No question. So uh, Arizona or nothing for me. Uh, I don't like this spot as much as the Colorado or some of these ones where you got better numbers, better price, but they, uh, they're they playing well. And they've got a good uh, situation. They play well on home ice. St. Louis is much too erratic. They're off a win, 6-4 against Buffalo, where actually they did get outplayed uh, you know, in that game, getting outshot 46-20. to You look at head-to-head series history. Now, the one concern, I guess, would be that St. Louis has won two straight, three of the four meetings uh, this year, including the last game against uh, Arizona, 6-5, which was absolute pond hockey uh, between those two teams. 6-5 Blues. Uh, that was a game, though, I believe Vimalka was in net and Ingram had to take over uh, in between the pipes uh, of that 6-5 game. So I don't uh, certainly these teams have played a lot of overs head to head. I lean that way, but I, I don't I don't love it as much whenever I see Ingram in net because he's played well. But I would lean over just based on series history, Arizona minus 125 as well. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Blues, Coyotes. Yeah, so I, I grabbed. Uh, first period over one and a half. I got it at minus 140, but it's kind of climbing up now. So I would maybe wait and grab that in game. Uh, definitely going with both teams to score in the first period. Grab that at plus 160. I'm seeing that drop to 150. Still liking that all the way down to about 145 because we've seen the history of these two teams when they play each other. 
the scoring starts early, and they go tend to go back and forth, back and forth. But I would be leaning ultimately with Arizona on the money line. Even at $1.25, we're not crazy about laying these prices. And you made that point about, you know, beating the last, uh, you know, Stanley Cup champions. And they drawing St. Louis, who won a cup in 2019. And then the next game after that is against Washington, who won a cup too. So the last five cup winners, for some reason, they've been able to get these teams all in a row. And uh, they've played well against them. So maybe there is some kind of, uh, you know, feeling to that. But honestly, this is division games and two teams that don't like each other. Two teams who've always played each other fairly tight. I think Arizona uh, steps up and, and gets a win here. So I'm going to lay the price with the Coyotes as well with those first period looks. First period over in game. First period, both teams to score plus 150 or 160 pregame. Yeah, and uh, definitely the Blues. And uh, we saw that cash with the Sabres and the Blues, by the way. I think Alex kind of liked the first period, both teams to score. Buffalo, St. Louis the other night, mm -hmm. and uh, it cashed in. So you're right. There's another team, St. Louis. Their games lately, both teams have found the back of the net in the opening period. Zach, what do you think here, St. Louis, Arizona? I'm leaning a little bit to the Blues side. I think Bennington hasn't been too bad this year. Obviously, the Blues have been struggling a little bit as a whole consistently, but I'm leaning a little bit to the Blues uh, in regulation, and then also thinking that I'm feeling a little bit in the Blues second period money line. Wow, how about that for uh, variety there? St. Louis in the game at second period money line specifically. Uh, with I the, think it's uh, going to be a close two. first period, or maybe they'll even be down, but I think they're going to have a good second period. There we go. Oh, I like it. I like it. It's, that's kind of where my head's at. Yeah. yeah. And grabbing the value now, right now, MGM, you can lay a dollar five with them uh, second period where if they have a lead, then all of a sudden you talk about laying a, a much higher price. So even if they're trailing by one, you, you're still talking about laying a price that would be more than likely outside of the victim range. So that's good value. Yeah, it's probably more or less going to be a live bet out of me just because I can kind of see how the first period goes. If it pans out the way I thought it would in my head, then definitely throw some money on, but We'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Would you, as far as would you consider sprinkling sprinkling something early to maybe set up that play? That way, if you, you at least have something in pocket, if you don't have a chance to grab it live, yeah, for sure. You like, and then yeah. you know, tag on if you see something. Yeah, okay. That's how I like usually playing those kind of bets. So that's kind of yeah. only what I would do if and I'm betting second period. Cool. Get a little on it early, and then hopefully some live money in there would be nice too. Yeah. All right, good. I like it. I just like that someone came on this show and gave us a second period bet. That's just no one's done that before. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's something different. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. So like I said, Zach did his homework. He was ready for this uh, show. His first the Ice Guys debut. He's gonna. I think. I think he's gonna win. I think he's gonna earn a contract. He's gonna. Uh, he's nailing his PTO right now. Uh, yeah, at the moment. I love Zach, that. Uh, on the, yeah, on the uh, show. Uh, yeah. As far as um player props for me. I mean, Schmaltz for sure, as Cuban Wayne Gretzky says, has picked it up. But for me, Carcone and Kraus in particular, those two guys have really been on fire for Arizona. And you know who we're going with for St. Louis, the same old two. It's like they're a dynamic duo. Robert Thomas and won't you be my neighbor, Jake Neighbors again, who scored the other night, scored two goals, in fact, against Buffalo. Yeah. And what was cool is he scored the first goal. His first goal in that game, it has actually took place when the Blues broadcast was interviewing his dad. Who was at the game watching him and he scored while that interview was going on so that was and they actually had uh, jake's dad like do the color analysis of that goal saying break and break down the goal from your son for us and it was pretty cool. fun pretty cool moment there for uh, jake neighbors and his uh, dad no question about that all right washington vegas this was the stanley cup final uh, a few years ago 
uh, when Washington and Ovi got the job done in Vegas's first season, beating the Golden Knights, ending the Cinderella story of them winning their the Stanley Cup in their first year. Uh, Vegas minus 190, home favorite, six the total here in this game. Uh, this is a pass for me. And there's not many games where I say I don't have side, I don't have total, I don't have props. Uh, but this is probably going to be one of them. Vegas is just, I know they had a big win against Vancouver uh, to stop the bleeding, snap the skid, back home off the road trip, not a bet on spot at minus 190. And I feel I want to fade Washington, but at the same time, they've won two in a row. I give them credit, and I'm pumping the brakes for now on fading the Capitals. So easy pass for me, unfortunately. Not much for me here with the Caps and uh, Golden Knights. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Washington, Vegas. Yes, a definite pass for me. I, I, I got Lindgren. Uh, in this first matchup, I'm not doing it again. Like I said, Vegas coming back home, laying a price. Uh, yeah, you know, nice win against Vancouver, but you know, it's, this is always just a kind of tough spot. So this is a complete stay away from me. If you want to take a shot with Washington and have at it, but I'm not doing that. No, it's uh, by the way, shout out to um, Tom Wilson, hat trick the other night for him against Anaheim. Outstanding uh, performance by him. Uh, so yeah, this is, I definitely lean under in this game with Washington tonight. I mean, that Anaheim game, they haven't played many unders. I know that Anaheim game went under, but, uh, it was just, uh, Anaheim was very sloppy again, uh, defensively in that game. And really outside of that, I still have questions about this offense. I would lean to an under and I would lean once again, it's, it's what I bet against LA in the LA Washington game. I would lean to, a um, an under two and a half team total on Washington uh, here in this game. Uh, against uh, Vegas, but I'm probably not going to bet either of those, just leans. Uh, what do you think here, Zach, Washington, Vegas? I'm on the Vegas side. I think uh, they had that little bit of a tough West Coast trip. At least they finished it strong in Vancouver, but I think that was a little bit of their slump. I think they're going to get back rolling. They got Washington, obviously, today, and then you look at their next couple games, they're playing St. Louis back-to-back. I think as a team, they're probably looking at their schedule, thinking this is a little bit lighter of a part here, and they really want to get ahead before Christmas. So I think it starts tonight, and I'm leaning towards minus one and a half. Vegas has been really good at home, so I think that they're going to be uh, be good at home again. So I got them at plus 135 at minus one and a half. All right, there you go. Like in Vegas, and this one is Zach. Uh, as far as Washington, there are props, like you're right, about Connor McMichael. Connor McMichael is starting to percolate a little for Washington but the guy that's shockingly stepping up and starting to pop the goals in for Washington I can't believe it the guy that's been an absolute disaster and disappointment for his tenure with Washington since he got dealt there from Detroit Anthony Mantha believe it or not the last few games has started to find some footing so I actually think there's value on him right now I can't explain why all of a sudden uh, after doing not a whole lot for the majority of his time with the Capitals he's stepping up but he is Right now for the uh, Caps, he's got goals in back-to-back games against uh, the Kings and the Ducks. I took notice of that. He's a guy that's um, you know, got a little confidence finally, uh, Anthony Mantha. So uh, maybe you ride, uh, ride the wave with him tonight as far as uh, props going. Carlson, yes. Carlson's been the consistent for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights lately. Uh, no question about that. All right, next game. Uh, this is a good one out west. Uh, I know Zach will be keeping a close eye on this one. The Vancouver Canucks uh, against the uh, Calgary Flames. The Nikita Zadorov Bowl, I, I think we can call that uh, this game. Uh, Calgary minus uh, 125 home favorites. Uh, the total in this game, six and a half uh, across the board. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, Calgary, Calgary kind of feels like a team doing it with smoke and mirrors a little bit. Uh, right now, but at the same time, they're finding ways to win games. It, it, are they impressing the numbers and analytics nerds? No, they're not with their performance, but they're winning. 
I mean, it's a W. And if you bet Calgary on the money line, you're cashing your ticket. That's all that matters at the end of the day. doesn't matter how uh, I aesthetically unpleasing or how the stats maybe not dictate that Calgary should be winning these games like they have. But the fact remains, Calgary's on a solid 6-3 and three run uh, in their last nine games, including back-to-back home wins uh, against Dallas and Vegas. Both of those go into overtime. Here's another team where they've been overtime and shootout machines lately for the last uh, seven uh, games for the Calgary Flames have gone past regulation. Vancouver, a little bit more of a, I don't want to say they've, they're in a full-on struggle, but they've definitely cooled off a little from that red-hot start in October and early November. Uh, they're only 3-6, and 3-5 and five in their last eight games. Uh, they follow up the win against uh, Seattle, San Jose with a loss to Colorado, win against Seattle, lose to San Jose, win against Anaheim, lose to Vegas the other night. So they're in a bit of a win-one-lose-one pattern right now, but they're off a loss, playing a division rival. Uh, you know, I definitely would expect uh, Vancouver to be uh, chomping at the bit to get back on track here in this game. Calgary beat Vancouver 5-2 earlier this season, November 16th, the one previous meeting. I do want to point out, though, in that game, that was a brutal spot for Vancouver. I remember it. They had been on the road. They had been <clears> back <throat> for one home game, and then they were on a back-to-back in Calgary that night. And it was just clearly a much better situational scheduling spot for Calgary that night against Vancouver and they took advantage of that. I got to lean Vancouver here at the plus money plus one Oh five in this game uh, off a loss. Uh, as long as Demp goes in net, I'm, I'm going to be looking at Vancouver here uh, at the plus money. Jacob Markstrom confirmed in net for uh, Calgary uh, in this game. And by the way, this will be the Vancouver Canucks debut for uh, Nikita Zadorov, former flame now crossing the floor, if you will, uh, with the um, uh, Vancouver Canucks. Actually, I shouldn't, rule it in for sure that he is in tonight uh we'll have to wait and see. i'd be surprised if he's not especially with him playing his old team but keep an eye on that if he's in you know what throw a couple bucks on him to score a goal why the hell not why the hell not uh against his old team you know how that shit works sometimes it's just you play your old team and somehow you make an impact uh no question so uh but Zadorov, i think is in but it's not 100 percent confirmed as of yet but I like Vancouver here a little bit in this spot. And given Calgary's propensity for close games and overtimes lately, the draw might be in play here as well with Canucks and Flames. What do you think here, Alex? Vancouver, Calgary. Yeah, I'm going with the Canucks here. Uh, grab them at plus 105. Also, like both teams to score them. They've been riding that with Calgary in the first period at plus 155. Uh, there's a there's a couple player a couple player props that I do like. One of them. I'll talk about a little bit later on, later on in Vancouver side. But as far as Zodorov goes, yeah, if he is confirmed and wait for some of those props to pop up before game time, I would take him over hits. I know I've been seeing that prop in a lot. I haven't bet that anything, but if there's one night to bet that, if you see it with Zodorov, I would say go over because I think he's going to be gunning for a lot of those guys that he was not happy with that were former teammates. Now, most notably, maybe a Jonathan Huberto. Uh, be interested to see if those two meet up in the corner at some point. So uh, definitely we'd be looking at that. But I think it's going to be a good, fun back-and-forth battle. This is a, a very underrated rivalry. And I think that this could really kind of come back, especially with, with how well Vancouver has been playing right now. So uh, give me the Canucks and the money line plus $1.05. All right, Vancouver plus 105 for Alex in this one. Someone doesn't like Besser in the chat. Daniel, I'll take Besser to get, get an ice bath, lay the minus 200 on it, too. Besser to take a dive, minus 500. Wow. <laughs> That's some venom. What are you, picking your cornflakes, Daniel? Brock yeah. Besser? Like, holy shit. Like, uh, you got to explain this. What's with the hatred for Brock? Brock's having a nice bounce back year. Good kid. Had his lot of anguish in his personal Oh, the life. Josh Manson. 
Oh, it's the Manson incident. Mm. Right, right. Uh, no, I can't believe they kicked him out of the game for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come fight me. Wow. Jeez. That's a good kid. I'm sure he didn't really mean it. Uh, you know, I, uh, the, it's just a heat of the moment. You make do, do stupid things. Uh, no question. Uh, you're right. It was bad, bad play. I agree. But uh, at the same point in time, um, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I think when you look at it, um, he's, he's at, still had a good season, good player. Um, got nice bounce back here. But I get it. That was not his best moment. Brock Besser. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, what do you think here's uh, our Calgary Flames fan here, Zach Urban? What do you think here at Vancouver, <laughs> Calgary? Yeah, Calgary's been surprising me a lot lately. I definitely didn't think they were going to win that game against Dallas. I didn't think they were going to before the game or when I watched pretty much the whole game. So a little bit surprising. So I think my money's probably just going to be on first period, both teams to score. I like that. Um, probably would honestly be leaning towards the Vancouver side on the sports betting way just because of the kind of the way the past has been for them and coming into Calgary uh they they need the win really so but yeah i think first period there for me is where it's kind of at both teams to score all right both teams to score first period there and alex b special for uh, zach with the uh, vancouver and uh, calgary game and yeah as far as this game uh kuzmenko i'm gonna stick to kuzmenko kuzmenko i told you got scratched a couple games ago he's gonna score eventually for them and he did uh in the uh vancouver uh vancouver's there was i think he got their only goal in that uh, game against vegas the other night four to one uh, so I like Kuzmenko. I like it when good players get sat down by the coach and then they come back and they're a little pissed off and they know they got to play a lot better. Uh, and I think you're going to see continue to see signs of that from uh, Andre uh, Kuzmenko uh, moving forward for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. All right. The final game of and by the way, Calgary's uh, props, Zary, Sharon Govich. Uh, I would continue to look for them. They're still, I think, in my opinion, a little undervalued. Final game, uh, Colorado and Anaheim. We've got the uh, Avs uh, minus 230. Uh, road favorites, six and a half, the total uh, in this game. Just a absolutely um, tough, tough, tough sledding right now for those Anaheim Ducks. An Anaheim Ducks team that uh, Alex and I were uh, hyping up a little bit early in the season, but uh, they are in the full throes of an all-out skid and slump right now. And it has gotten to the point now where it's 9-14 and 14 overall, 4-9 and on home ice. I mean, I want no part of Anaheim on home ice. They've just uh, They've had a really tough time at home. Uh, this team has now lost five straight home games here at Honda Center. Florida, St. Louis, Montreal, L.A., Washington uh, the other night, 5-4 uh, in that game. Uh, eight straight losses uh, for the Anaheim Ducks. Not what you want to see. Their defense is just miserable right now. Um, so I can't back them. Now it's a revenge spot. They got embarrassed and crushed by Colorado 8-2 to uh, in Colorado. Tough back-to-back. That They were in Nashville the night before. Then they had to play in Colorado, and they lost 8-2. But they're just not in good enough form. Defensively, they're a mess. Uh, and Dostal and Gibson are not at their top form right now, although you can't put much of the blame on them. It's got to start with better play in front of them, and we haven't seen it lately from um, Anaheim. Colorado is also off a loss to uh, Arizona, 4-3 in overtime. So you should actually get Colorado focused here uh, as they take on the uh, Ducks. The one concern, though, okay, there is a mild concern for Colorado in this spot. Huge game with the LA Kings tomorrow night. Okay, that's like a Western Conference heavyweight showdown there. So there is that little thought in the back of my mind that, yeah, they're off a loss, but that's a huge game tomorrow night. Will we see maybe Ivan Prosvitov uh, in net tonight for the uh, uh, Colorado Avalanche, knowing that they've got the LA game, saving Georgiev maybe for that game? 
that's another something another thing you maybe want to uh, keep keep in mind that Prosvitov uh, might get the uh, start here uh, in this game for the uh, Colorado Avalanche tonight, and he's actually been okay. Uh, but either way, I have to lean over six and a half. If you look at it, Anaheim's trending over. They're scoring a little bit still, but more than anything, they're just giving up goals in bunches. They've given up four, five, eight, three, and five uh, in their last five games. They've gone over the total for their last five. Uh, and even Colorado in their last 10 games, we've seen them go uh, six, uh, seven, six, three, and one. There it is, six, three, and one to the over in their last 10. And the over is three of the last four meetings between these two teams. Uh, has cashed in. So that's what I feel best of. I think Colorado certainly can win this game, should win this game. Anaheim's just down in uh, terrible form right now. That LA spot tomorrow night, look ahead, concerns me just enough to say, rather than take Colorado only to score, because I was looking at the Avs team total, I think Anaheim might chip in as well. So I'm going to go with a little bit of both uh, to you know to score. Both teams to score first period actually might be a good look in this game as well. But I like over six and a half full game total. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Avs, Ducks. Yeah, I was kind of maybe looking at Colorado and over five and a half as a combo minus a dollar five at Betting GM. That might be the only thing I would. That's look not a bad choice. Here. Yeah, I think this 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 screams like kind of one of those games. If you like a side, uh, you can probably tie it in with the total and get a, a better value on, on either team. To be honest, the draw at plus three ninety something that kind of stuck around as well. We cashed that with uh, Colorado in their last game. Like I said, with a bit of a look ahead spot, and they do exist in hockey. We don't talk about them often. They're more of a, of a thing that we look at in the second half of the, of the year, but this wouldn't shock me one bit to see Colorado maybe play a slower game here. Uh, it's kind of a look ahead to L.A. tomorrow, and this game finds its way going into overtime or a shootout. So at plus 390, it's not my favorite draw on the board, but something I'll sprinkle a little bit on. All right, a little bit on the draw here uh, for uh, Alex with uh, Colorado and uh, Anaheim. Uh, Prop-wise in this game, um, you know, Val Nachushkin, Jonathan Drouin, because he's up on the second line. Uh, you know, obviously McKinnon and Ranton and goes without saying they're always a threat, but I look for the greater value, and I think Val Nachushkin and Jonathan Drouin have a little value with their props for Colorado tonight. What do you think here, Zach? Final game, Colorado-Anaheim. <clears throat> yeah, I'm liking uh, Colorado, first period puck line. Uh, I think they're going to come out hot knowing that they play L.A. tomorrow. So I think they're going to want to try and get out to an early lead and then maybe cruise control the rest of the way. So I'm thinking just first period minus uh, 0.5 for the Avs. That's about it for me. All right. First period puck line for Colorado in this one. Yeah, I'd be more bullish on Colorado in this spot after losing to Arizona. Anaheim's down in the dumps if they didn't have that L.A. game tomorrow night. That is big. And, you know, that's the one that's – uh uh, both teams, I think, are excited about Kings and Avs, two teams that, let's be real, both of these teams feel they're good enough to win the Stanley Cup and certainly come out of the Western Conference. Uh, so that's going to be one hell of a hockey game uh, tomorrow night, Avs and Kings, which we will talk about tomorrow uh, on the uh, Sunday show. Great stuff. Hell of a debut from uh, Zach uh, Urban for the first time on the uh, Ice Guys show. Did great stuff. Shout out to everyone in the chat. Over 200 live viewers. Uh, hit the like button. We appreciate it very much. And a reminder, uh, again, patreon.com slash ice guys, $10 a month. All the stuff's there, content, daily card, uh, props, you name it. Patreon.com slash ice guys. And of course, the store, time's a wasting. Just two more days, 15% off. Get yourself some ice guys merch for the Christmas holiday season. Now's the time. Take advantage of that 15% off just for a couple days left with that. Yeah, not just 15% off, but free standard shipping. Yes. Which if you get that now, you will get things in time for the holidays. So don't miss that. 15% off and free standard shipping. 
today and tomorrow, the last few days you have to get it, that's at icegas.myspreadshop.com. Everything's in stock. We got some cool holiday items as well. 15% off and free standard shipping today and tomorrow, the last few days you have to get it at icegas.myspreadshop.com. Absolutely. Make sure you get on that. It's only a couple days left for that 15% off and free standard shipping uh, at the Ice Guys store. All right. It is time and first time for Zach to experience the power of the bargain bin special of the night segment. And just, uh, and I think I told Zach this before he joined the show, but it's basically your favorite player prop of plus 300 odds, plus 300 price or better. Uh, that's what we're looking at here for bargain bin special of the night. I'll give Alex some, uh, Zach some time to think about what he might be looking at with that. Uh, Alex, uh, we'll start with you. Bargain bin special of the night after hitting a winner last night with Dawson Mercer. Power play point at plus 575. What do you got for an encore tonight? Yeah, tough act to follow, right? But we're going to go to that Vancouver-Calgary game. And I'm looking at Philip Ronick. You know, we look at these defensemen. They get better numbers because they don't have as many quality shots. But he's a guy who's getting power play time, a guy who's been kind of heating up a little bit. I saw somebody in the chat mention him as a good goal prop, and that's exactly what I'm looking at. He can get him at FanDuel, plus 700 to get a goal tonight. Uh, I think that's some solid odds. I think he'll have some good chances. So give me Philip Ronick to get a goal for the Canucks tonight, plus 700. My bargain been special for this big Saturday. All right, and he's been good. Philip Aronick for the Vancouver Canucks, uh, plus 700 uh, on that for uh, Alex with the uh, bargain bin special of the night. Hey, plus 575 ticket last night, going for an even better price, even a better bargain bin special tonight uh, in the uh, uh, in the uh, inventory, if you will. All right, Zach, uh, bargain bin special of the night. What's what are you what are you going with? I'm uh, I'm going with the first game of the day, March uh, Marshmint. Plus five hundred to score anytime. All right, so, there you go, Bra- Mason. Marchman. And I agree with that. Mason Marchman's been great. That is a player prop of mine for that game. I mentioned it: Marchman, Sagan, and Duchesne. That second line, and a little Pavelski as well. Those four are the four to go with right now for Dallas, uh, in my opinion. So, how about that? Let's yeah. cash an early ticket there. Mason Marchman plus five hundred uh, anytime goal score for. The Dallas Stars for Zach Urban, his first ever bargain bin special of the night uh, selection. Uh, my uh, selection for bargain bin a special tonight. There's a couple uh, going through the old um, uh, that I considered here for tonight. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, there's uh, definitely uh, some good options out there. But I am going to go with, I, I can't turn this down. I've talked myself into making this my number one choice tonight. Anthony, Bo- this is another afternoon game. Anthony Beauvillier. For the Chicago Blackhawks here. First game with his new team. Top line with Bedard and Kurashev. So you know you're going to be playing having a great chance to get on the board. Plus 400 at FanDuel. An outstanding price given the situation. Playing on the top line with Bedard and Kurashev. Debuting with Chicago. You obviously want to show well in the first game with a new team. Absolutely great situation and price combination for Anthony Beauvillier. Chicago Blackhawks, and I love that they're folk, they're showcasing him on the top line. He does have skill. He does have offensive flash. I know the Islanders had dried up for him offensively. Vancouver, it started off well for him, kind of dissipated, but he's going to be featured, and that's what we want. So uh, let's go with plus 400 on Anthony Beauvillier for the Chicago Blackhawks uh, for my bargain bin special of the night. All right, it is time now to wrap up the show with best bets uh, Alex will start and finally got one last night. So let's start a win streak now with those for me. Uh, Alex, what do you like here for uh, best bet? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. There's a lot to choose from on, on a big card like this. 
So I'm just kind of looking down and seeing because it's nothing stacking out too much. We're going to go with this Predators Rangers first period over one and a half. Uh, so you can grab that minus dollar thirty-five, dollar forty. That's going to be my, my best bet. It's an afternoon game. Uh, we're going to just keep riding this hot streak with Nashville, seventeen and three to the last twenty in the first period over. So that's going to be the shot there. I think the Rangers can certainly bring the fight to them, obviously. And uh, Nashville at home always feel a little more confident that they can bring some energy, especially after getting crushed uh, the other night against Minnesota. So we'll go blue shirts and Preds first period over. It's my best bet for Saturday. All right, there we go. A first period. Uh, that's first period over, right? Yes, first yeah, period. First over. period over. All right, Nashville, New York Rangers in Music City. Uh, best bet for uh, Alex B. Smith. All right, Zach Urban, great job. His first <clears> appearance <throat> on the show today. What do you got for your first Ice Guys best bet? What do you like? I'm going with Jets minus uh, 0.5 in the first against the Blackhawks. I think they're going to come out to a hot start, like I said earlier. So that's kind of where I'm liking it for my best bet, keeping it easy with the first period. All right, there it is. Winnipeg Jets uh, minus a half. Uh, first period uh, against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, plus 115 is what you can get with that. Jets first period puck line for Zach Urban, his best bet. My best bet, give me goals in Seattle, Ottawa, and I think we'll see a lot of them. Seattle, Ottawa over six and a half, minus 110. Uh, Ottawa's scoring, but giving them up. Seattle's scoring, but giving them up. Um, that's the issue right now, but I expect teams that are going to be wanting to get off the schneid, both of them, so I expect aggression offensively both ways. Kraken sends over six and a half uh, for my best bet for this Saturday uh, NHL card. That'll wrap up uh, this edition of the Ice Guys. We thank everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Zach, final words from you. Uh, hope you enjoyed your first appearance here on the show. Yeah, it was awesome, guys. I appreciate you uh, having me, and I'm sure I'll be back on here again. Yep, no doubt. Uh, anytime you want, you're welcome back. Uh, great stuff. And shout out to everyone in the chat. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, for Zach Urban, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys. 